Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or, like this one, only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. I wasn't expecting my hangover till tomorrow. That's the quote. That's the quote you went with for this. I didn't have many great ones to choose. I'm no more a rosy type than Clark Gable. That's, That's another one. That was a contender. Dogs that have homes don't eat out of garbage cans. That one's not that great. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) We are doing the 1960 pilot, Rosie. Yes, as voted on by our lovely patrons. Thank you, patrons, for choosing yet another Talking Dog episode. Yeah, our patrons really like Talking Dogs. Yes, yes, they do. They like Talking Dogs in Riverdale. Man... If they made a cartoon about just hot dog talking. Yeah, we'd be all over it. Yeah. It'd probably only run one season, too. <laughs> it, maybe even only one episode. So this is Rosie. Whew. Can you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you might have seen the thumbnail. Yeah. My condolences. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> so to get through this, I definitely think it's very important that we pour one out. Laura, what do you have? Um, so I have uh, the no more a rosy type than Clark Gable. Okay. It is a fruit punch beatbox over ice. Um, if you know what a beatbox is, it is an 11% alcohol juice box. And also how's college going? <laughs> right. It is red for rosy. It is off-putting, mm-hmm. and it seems like, it looks like it should be for kids, but it's also clearly not for kids. <laughs> Alright, that makes sense. I'm gonna taste it now. Why Why would you smell it? Take a, take a sniff, like a real, like... Again, it smells better than mine. I, I only get alcohol. I get a little red out of it. Oh, she hates it, ladies and gentlemen. I only get... Oh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm trying it for science. It's college basement. The taste is best described as college basement. Oh, no. <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh, like... The last time I had that, we served it out of a paper mache tauntaun. Like, it is melted lollipop? And Everclear. And Everclear. Yeah, it's jungle juice. That's what I said. It it tastes like college basement. Like, oh, Uh, (laughs) oh, no. It's like, this is the best we could make grain alcohol possibly taste. Yeah, it is grain alcohol and Kool-Aid. Excellent. Well, I only have, like, I only used, like, a quarter glass and put a ton of ice in it. Mm -hmm. I may go raid the fridge for seltzer. Understandable. Uh, what the hell is that? I wanted... Is that antifreeze? I, I wanted some antifreeze. To kill Rosie. To kill the dog. <laughs> That's uh, the worst thing I've ever said in this podcast. 
does look like it's antifreeze now that I'm really looking at it. I uh, I really wanted uh, something good. It's we chunky. also had another one of those blue beatboxes, but it was blue. And uh, I was like, you know what I haven't had in a while? A blue coconut slushy. So I filled it up with ice, and then I filled it with blue beatbox, and then I added uh, some Malibu coconut rum. So this drink is made without any mixers. And then I blended it, and I call it Tomorrow's Hangover. And I want to say, I've made a great improvement to this drink. Because the, the blue stuff, first off, smells horrific. But it was best described as uh, a melted blue snow cone that was kept in a bad freezer. <laughs> like one of those old, like not well-maintained freezer. The sweetness of the coconut actually like fixes it a bit. So when you take a sip, you got to hold your breath a bit. But other than that, it's pretty good. Would you like some? Yep. All right. I, I fell into a Don't hole. Don't smell it. Don't smell it. What did, you, what, did I, what did I just say? Could be worse. Yeah. Like, smells real bad, but it tastes all right. I'm also, I fell down a hole while you were talking of the Beatbox Twitter account. Yeah. The wine-based party punch, the party starter and finisher, which feels like a threat. The party starter, finisher, and ruiner. Yeah. it It's definitely... Schools everywhere are opening soon, and I feel like on the first party night, these will be thrown up all over the country. Yeah. We want to make Mad Dog 2020, but in recyclable cardboard. Yes. <laughs> this is designed to be taken to the beach, like... Mm-mm. This should not be, like, there's no way you should drink this in sunlight. Uh, so, we also went real hard because uh, this is going to be a tough one to get through. Hey, Beatbox, if you sponsor us, I will delete this entire part of the podcast. <laughs> no, they're probably loving this. <laughs> like, th- there are so many listeners that are like, what are these Beatbox things? I need them to ruin my night now. They're efficient. They're efficient. You can be one thing, be efficient. <laughs> I'll, I'll tag Beatbox in the, the Twitter post. This will still somehow not be our sloppiest episode. All right, well, I'll see that. Uh, mm. Our sloppiest episode is a Patreon exclusive of Trapped. Oh, yes, that was So join our one. Patreon if you want to hear the sloppiest episode we've ever recorded. But let's get into Rosie. I'm really just trying to not I know get you're it. trying to delay it. So we start on this horrific man beast... <laughs> Who is looking into the camera and directly into your soul. It looks like Andrew Lloyd Webber's cats. Feels. Yeah, it's worse than that. Like, it's like, you can see the actor's face in the, in cats. This, like, there's something that covers, like, the nose. Yeah, there's like a bad nose prosthetic. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's a mangy dog. Yeah. It's not like a good, like... Well-kept dog. It's a stray dog that this man is portraying. It is a fursuit made out of thrifted faux fur coats. Yes. It is a botched ghillie suit. I don't know what a ghillie suit is. You know those, like, when you're trying to look like grass? Yes. (laughs) That's a ghillie suit. Okay. It's that, but if you were trying to infiltrate a coat. Yes. (laughs) It's, It's horrible. And he's, There's nothing good about this. He's looking down the lens and he's talking directly to us about his story. 
Yes. So he's eating out of some garbage cans, and he runs into Kip. Yes. Kip is your standard blonde, seven to nine-year-old, mm-hmm. 60s sitcom protagonist. Yes. He's running away from home, and you know that because he has a bindle. He yes. Has, he has a bag on a stick that he's thrown over his shoulder, like you do when you're running away from home. And he's looking at a poster for the circus. Did you ever try to run away from home as a kid? There was one time where I was like, I'm out of here. And, like, I packed one change of clothes. And, like, including, like, extra shoes. Good. I I was like, I need extra shoes. All right, I'm out of here. And then I just didn't. (laughs) I tried to, but I packed, like, a full rolling suitcase of books. Oh, nice. Because that was what was going to help an eight-year-old girl hitting the road. Um, But it made me laugh because, like, the bindle is so iconic. But I don't know anybody who ran away. Everyone I know who ever tried to run away from home packed, like, full-on luggage. Yeah, I had a backpack. And Rosie points out that Kip isn't going to make it in the circus. He goes... To a tiger, you're just an hors d'oeuvre. It's, this is real dumb. And the first thing I wanted to uh, point out here is he says, like, what are you to a tiger? And then it cuts to, like, show the tiger poster. And then it cuts back to the two of them talking. And it will not cut again until this scene ends. This is one long shot. Yeah. And man, not only did it need cuts... It needed a couple extra takes because uh, Rosie, uh, who again is a man, uh, doesn't know his lines. And if you look at him, he's clearly reading a cue card. I did not notice that. Oh, yeah. Like all of his lines are delivered like to camera, like to camera right instead of to the child. Yeah. And in this conversation two times, he says, ah, you're too young for this. Because he makes references to something that I legitimately tried to Google. Like, he sings a song about, like... If a six-year-old is too young for it in 1960, I have no idea what he's talking about. Because he's probably referencing the 40s. Yeah, like, I can't find Give Me That Wide Winding Highway... Yeah, I I like searched lyrics and stuff like that. And they're like, do you mean the Beatles? I was like, no, I don't mean the Beatles, Google. That's what I got. Do you mean the long and winding road? No, I don't. I don't mean it. I'm too young for this. And so the dog and Kip keep kind of yelling at each other to go home. Literally, the conversation is, why don't you go home? And then the kid responds with, well, why don't you go home? I don't have a home. And then they repeat that. Like, they have that exact same conversation with, like, slightly different vocabulary again for some reason. It's Mojo Jojo time filler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
so I also want to point out that the kid never finds it strange that the dog is talking. Ever. At one point, he's like, why don't you come live with me, Rosie? Yes, I have, how does Kip know Rosie's name? Yeah, he's never told Rosie's name. And, and he, yet somehow is like, come on, Rosie. He also says his friend Helen will help hide Rosie. Yes. So we, we are going to be introduced to another kid. So we think, yes. You're cutting off my foreshadowing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We think he's gonna, we think we're gonna meet a little girl who lives next door. Yeah. So, Rosie, for some reason, really wants this kid to go home. Uh, During this part, when he's trying to convince this kid that she shouldn't be taken home, he says something like, Do you know, do you, do you know what the price of meat is? Like, he stumbles over that line. And it's like, you you just couldn't do another take? Or cut? Or do some editing? Or try? Nope. At all? No trying. Uh, it feels to me like... Because I don't know this actor. Believe it or not. I don't know who plays Rosie. Phil Leeds. Phil Leeds? He hasn't been in a lot. I, he's a character actor who has a lot of credits, but he doesn't have, like, one big role he'd be well known for. It seemed to me like he was a theater guy. I could see that. Because a lot of the way he presents is not a lot of camera acting. It's a lot of, like, theater acting. So I was thinking maybe he came from theater. Because this happens in, like, early television of the 1960s, where you get these theater actors that that are, like, great actors. So they try to throw them into TV. And they project everything that they say with large gestures. Yeah, he was a uh, stand-up comic... A Broadway actor, and uh, he kind of just did like he actually was caught up in uh, McCarthyism. He was blacklisted for a while. Oh, this was one of his first projects after like being able to get back into. <laughs> he's a commie. Let's make him a dog. Yeah, he's forty-four <laughs> when he's in Rosie. I thought you were gonna say he's forty-four now. I was gonna be like, how? No, uh, he's. Been dead for 20 years. All right, that makes more sense than him being 44 currently. He was born in uh, 1916. Wow. He opened for Barbara Streisand. Facts. <laughs> Welcome to Phil Leeds' facts. Uh, it's at this moment I realize what Rosie reminds me of. Yeah. Do you remember, and you might not because you had a drink only slightly less strong than that beatbox when we did this. Did you remember when we watched the Hulu Grinch Who Stole Christmas musical? Over? Yes. It looks... Rosie looks a lot like old Max. Yeah. Like Dennis O'Hare, old Max. Yeah, that is a good comparison. Rosie looks a little worse. Uh, because it's in black and white. Uh, because of the prosthetic, <laughs> which Dennis yeah. O'Hare doesn't have. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But still very bad. It looks horrific. So if you're too afraid to look for the thumbnail, just look for that. Yeah. It's still bad. So Kip tricks his father into letting Kip keep Rosie. Yes. As Rosie watches through a keyhole, which I think is a very interesting shot for 1960. Yes. The point of view of the dog looking through a keyhole. Uh, But again, it's all one long shot because I guess they didn't want to do much editing with this. Uh, so he basically tricks his father by saying, like, dogs are man's best friend, right? I should have friends, right? Yes. Then you just said I should have a dog. 
And uh, the father's like, what? Uh, <laughs> I also have a note that says, women do be doing dishes. Because there's a part where the father's like, And they're on their way to a wedding, <laughs> which is such a weird thing. Even in the 60s, you would not get all dolled up and then go do dishes. Mm-mm. And like, that's going beyond the fact that a lot of suburban families in the 50s and 60s also had domestic help. True. So this is, their, the father, mother, and the older sister are going to a wedding. Yes. Kip is going to get to stay, or Rosie's going to get to stay, as Rosie tries to endear himself to the family. Yes, eventually Rosie comes into the room and they're like, this dog is huge. What is with this giant, like... Giant, ugly dog. Yeah, and he's he's awful. And uh, Rosie kind of, like, takes offense to it, but it's like, now is all in all fours. In the previous scene, he's walking around and he's talking and, yeah, the tiger's going to eat you, kid. And now... He's in dog mode. And he's also not speaking the Queen's English in this scene. The only person who can hear and understand him is Kip. Is that what we think is happening? In this scene, yes. (laughs) Okay. Because he's not speaking. Yeah, he just doesn't speak in this. No, it's not that he can't be understood by anyone. He's only spoken in front of Kip at this time. Yes. Because we do establish that other people can hear him. Yeah, well... It's going to get confusing as we continue through this. Oh, but, yeah. But what we're establishing now is for some reason, uh, Kip's like, come on, Rosie, talk to him. And Rosie just doesn't. Yes. And, like, wags his tail. Well, he tries to, like, endear himself, but he's so big, he's, like, knocking stuff over mm-hmm. and knocking people over. Yeah. So I, he's trying to be endearing, but it's... A grown man in a dog suit trying to act like an affectionate puppy? Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. It's very weird. Like, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but everything is equally uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's just weird. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's not, it's bad. I mean, it's a bad time. It's a bad time. Uh, So they won't let Rosie stay. So, after they leave for the wedding, the dog ends up in the garage of the neighbor, Nancy. Helen. Or Helen, excuse me. Who is a full-grown woman. A full-grown woman. Helen, his little friend, Yeah. is like in her 20s. Yeah. I don't know if she's playing a woman in her 20s, or if we're supposed to be like, oh, she's probably like 12. (laughs) Oh, my thought was if she wasn't supposed to be an adult, she was a teenage... My thought was, like, is she usually, like, Bobby's, or Kip's babysitter? I was calling her Bobby because Bobby is such, like, the classic kid name. Yeah. Is this, like, Kip's babysitter? Yeah, I kind of got more of a babysitter feel for So this. maybe she's supposed to be, like, 16, 17? And what ends up happening is the dog gets kept in uh, Helen's garage, but breaks out and then comes back to talk to Kip. And again, talks to Kip. Yeah. And then Helen runs over and is like, hey, I hate to tell you this, but the dog ran out. It ripped up my floorboards. Yeah, it and destroyed escaped. my garage. Uh, and Kip's like, 
You got flooring money, kid? Yeah, I know how much In the floors. 60s? I know how much floors cost. Oh, my God. And then Helen goes like, I thought you were my friend, Kip. <laughs> really? Because I thought you were an adult woman. Yeah, like... I can't imagine having... I had a conversation with a seven-year-old yesterday, and in no point was there a moment where I was like, I thought you were my friend. I value our friendship, child. No, she was asking me to quiz her on Simpsons trivia. Oh. That was my day yesterday. That sounds like a good day. She Uh, didn't know Kodos. She only knew Kang. Her father was so disappointed in her. Disappointing. Disappointing. You know what? I don't think you should be hanging out with her anymore. I think you should end this friendship. I thought she was my friend. Uh, So during this scene, though, um, Helen's upset about the floor, and Kip kind of, like, talks to the dog, and the dog whispers to him. Yeah. So it's this situation where, like, Kip is translating what Rosie is saying, and Helen's like, are you pretending like the dog is talking? Yeah. That's terrible of you. So does the dog talk, or... Is Kip imagining it? Like, that's where we're at at this point in the story. Yeah, and Kip's also trying to hide Rosie in the house, but then Rosie sneezes and gives up the game. Yes. And Helen goes, things were different before he came. I was like, honey, it has been two hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's been... And you're a woman grown. Go home. (laughs) Get a hobby. Yeah, go home. Take a bath. Drink some beatbox. (laughs) Like... Chill, lady. Yeah. I'm sorry your eight-year-old friend is uh, treating you bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Rosie agrees that he will stay with Kip until Kip falls asleep. Yes. Because no one's watching this child. Yeah. Well, he's eight. He could be home alone. When was the first time you were allowed to be home alone at night, much less overnight? Whew. Well, th- that's, that's a tough question because I have a little sister. So, like, there was never a time where my parents were like, you can take care of your sister. (laughs) So, like, we always had someone, because I wasn't going to take care of my sister. I had video games to play. Okay. So, yeah, that's a tough question for me to answer. How how about you? Uh, I was never left alone overnight. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there was never a point where my parents went anywhere. Like, our family was all pretty close together. Yeah. So there was never a situation where they had to, like, go to a wedding overnight or anything. But the first time I was home alone, like, at night, I was in high school. I was younger high school. But, yeah. like, I don't think I was home alone at bedtime until I was, like, a sophomore or junior. Mm-hmm. I did not like being home alone in the evenings. Right. Because, like, I look like the girl in the horror movie who... Just has a really rough night. Trope, trope, trope. Yeah. I I don't... Based on my life in high school, I live. But I have, like, a real bad time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Rosie agrees to fall asleep, or stay with Kip until Kip falls asleep. Yes. Kip is eight. And Rosie falls asleep Gets some shy. Yeah. Because, you know, you how often is he in a nice, warm, comfy house? May as well. Right. And then a prowler comes in. Oh, no! see, here's the thing. I want to use the term. A burglar. Okay. Shows up. Not a burglar. A burglar. A burglar? It is a burglar every time they mention the burglar. Not a burglar. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a burglar. Burglar. 
So the burglar comes in and just starts like taking furs and like knows immediately where all the valuables are. Yeah, like even like jewelry that's in a drawer in their living room. Yeah, that's where you keep your fine necklaces. I have never kept jewelry in my living room. No. Nor has any family I've ever... I I bet you would if that's the only room you had for your set. Mm. (laughs) And you didn't want to do too many cuts. Yeah. Oh, and this is another point I want to bring up. There's foreshadowing before the burglar arrives uh, where there's a bang and Rosie's like... So, one, what child is like, here's a bang, and is immediately, like, super sensible? Nope. It's like, oh, that was probably just a car. No, probably not. Two, it's implying that the burglar has already killed a man. Yeah. Before arriving here. So the burglar kills a man in another house, and then continues robbing other houses... And Rosie has a Shakespearean soliloquy where he debates whether he should help this family or just stay safe and ignore the burglar. Because then Rosie jumps on the burglar. Mm -hmm. And like anybody on this planet, the burglar does not take that well. Because dear God. Yeah, because then the burglar has to look at Rosie, which is like. And like real close up. Like real close. And then Rosie's like, repent, my son. Repent. Go get yourself some nice clothes. He monologues at the burglar and decides to spare him. Yes. And tells him to give himself up to the welfare board. Get a suit and get a job. Go and rob no more. He Then he starts, like, doing Polonius from Hamlet? Yeah. Like, it sounds like a ripoff of the neither a borrower nor a lender be mm-hmm. speech that Polonius gives Laertes. Yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah. Only time Shakespeare's been brought up in reference to this. No, I don't think so. I think that there's a good chance that this guy was like, I used to do Shakespeare. Now I'm dressed as a dog. I was Hamlet once. I was Hamlet once. (laughs) 
Now I'm gonna go hop the mailman's leg. <laughs> Get some jollies, hold up my cue cards. <laughs> I refuse to learn the lines for this. I was Hamlet once is my favorite trope. <laughs> um, so, the burglar vanishes into the night. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. He dives out of a window. Like Scott Pilgrim. Confronted <laughs> with Knives Chow. Yes, it's a glass breaks it. And Rose is like, what are you doing? What? Why? And just smashes through the window. And uh, this is what wakes up Kip. And uh, Kip's like, oh, the window's broken. It's like, I just saved your life from a burglar. And Kip's like, oh my gosh, I totally believe you without any reservations. So then (laughs) his parents and sister come home. And what they see is a broken window, the furs everywhere. By furs, I mean like fur coats. Yes. Uh, What looks like... It it looks like they skinned Rosie. And yes. And Rosie in the house. And the sister's immediately like, my furs are out. The dog must have pulled them out. They're ruined. And I was like, we saw what happened. A burglar held them and then dropped them. Yes. If they're ruined, they are the worst coats ever. They're meant to be worn outside. They should be able to handle a fall inside your home. The father admits he has kissed... They were at the wedding, and he was like, oh, the bride was stunning. The sister is going on about how stunning the bride was. Yes. Like, oh, wasn't she stunning? She was so beautiful. Because the sister is supposed to be, like, in her late teens. Mm -hmm. And the father is like... Yeah, that's right. Unhappy marriage. Yeah, I'm in a bad marriage and I'm a horn dog, so I kiss women that have recently been <laughs> engaged in the ceremony of marriage. <laughs> then he admits to just being straight up hammered. <laughs> he actually says, like, he's dealing with the dog. And this is where he says... Which means he's drunk enough to be... Like, expecting to have a rough morning the next day. He drove home. Yeah. (laughs) It's the 60s. Yeah. Maybe she drove? No. (laughs) He gets out of the driver's side. They show it. Oh, crap. And then, like, they get into a big argument about the state of the house. Mm -hmm. And Rosie calls the father a dictator. Yes, yes. The dog says dictator. And the father's like, what did you just call me, son? You called me a dictator. I heard it plain as day. So the dog can talk and be heard by the family. Rosie's just refusing to. Yes. I I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, You know, the thing that would make Kip not look crazy. Yeah. And guarantee him a home. Mm Mm-hmm. But Rosie doesn't want a home because reasons. And then Helen shows up. Because you know what I do? I definitely show up to my neighbor's house when it sounds like dad's hammered. There's been a window broken. I've heard gunshots. Yeah, I definitely show up alone. Hey, you guys cool? (laughs) Yeah, like I'm definitely a young woman who's going to show up alone in that scenario. So they're like, oh, so there was some commotion here. And then... The police call, 
And the father answers it and was like, apparently our jewelry has been stolen. They found the locket that I gave you for our anniversary. Yeah, to Ethel from John. Yes. And from. From John. Not love John. <laughs> regards John. Warm regards John. <laughs> Your friend John. <laughs> Best. Yeah. Best wishes, John. Uh, so have a hags have a great summer, John. <laughs> so kit. Uh, the the cops also said something about the dog giving him a sermon because the the burglar turned himself in. I guess he was drunk. Yeah, because I would definitely, as a person, assume that if a Man came in and said, like, I was robbing a house and the dog told me to change my ways. I'd be like, hmm, that's the drugs. Yeah. I probably wouldn't go drunk, but they yeah. never they never would say drugs in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drunk. He was whacked out. <laughs> he was drunk. Because th- that used to be, like, a popular conceit of drunk people seeing things. Yeah, the pink elephants. Harvey. Yeah, yeah and Harvey. Uh, so what were they drinking back then? Was it beatbox? Sponsor us, Peepox. Do it. Listen to how loud we've gotten. Oh, you drank most of yours. Yeah, I put extra alcohol in mine. And then, on top of that, the mom finds the gun. Yeah. And just kind of grabs it and goes, Oh, Kippy, to think what could have happened. That's evidence. We heard earlier in the episode that he had already killed a man. Yes. Don't put your fingerprints all over that. I mean, she's an alibi. She was, you know, stopping her drunk husband from <laughs> yeah. assaulting the bride. At the time of the murder, my husband was making out with this young woman. At her wedding. At her wedding. And I was like, stop. It's the sixth time. So Helen and the dad apologized to Kip. Because Helen's there. And... The, da- the dad offers to let Rosie stay, but Rosie still isn't talking to them. She Rosie only barks. Yeah, there's a moment where Kip's like, please talk, Rosie, and Rosie barks. And it's kind of like the <laughs> moment where they all laugh and we kind of fade out. And we go back to monologuing where he's looking into the camera lens and into our souls. And he's like... I don't think that's going to happen, Rosie. Nope. Nope. And that is our episode. Yeah, it was a it was a pilot. Uh, it has cute little animated credits that were like a placeholder. Yeah. And that's part of why it's done so cheaply with so few sets, so few characters. Is they, they're really trying to establish proof of concept. It's not unlike uh, the Stephen Larry short. Yeah. Or The Life with Larry. Yeah. Short with uh, Seth MacFarlane we discussed a few weeks ago. In that it seems to be proof of concept. It's just a less successful proof of concept. Yeah, they did not prove that this concept works. Because, like, I am a big fan of rules. Yes. We do not establish the rules of Rosie talking. Correct. We don't know if Rosie is just a talking dog. If... Kip is the only person that can hear 
the the dog talking. Or if Rosie can choose whether you hear him yeah. or not. Or if there's even like the possibility that the dog does not talk and it is just Kip. Because there's a moment where the where the dad asks, did you by chance talk to the burglar? Like, did you hide behind the couch and talk so the burglar would think it was... I'm sorry, the burglar would think it was Rosie? Implying that, like, maybe that's actually what happened? Yeah. I think that might be a little bit high concept for 1960 sitcom. That, like... The the secret ending is that this is all in Kip's head. Maybe Kip's drunk. We're kind of doing like a Calvin and Hobbes thing. Yeah. Uh, but like in the beginning, it is unclear if we just live in a world where dogs talk. Yeah. It is so unstrange to Kip that we could just be like, oh, I guess all dogs talk here. Yeah. But like it, there's no rules to what it is. So like, I don't know what the concept that is being proven is, because it just seems to just be stuff happening. Correct. There's no rules. There's no plan, and the concept is ultimately uh, proven rather poorly. This did make it to air, um, way after the fact, as part of a uh, Turner Classic Movies Underground. Yes, which is a thing I think we need to mine for content. Oh, yeah, I I look. I started to look through it. <laughs> but if Turner Classic Movies is just, like, digging up stuff and then just airing it randomly, talk to your friends over here at Stay Tuned. Yeah, hi, Turner Classic Movies. We would love to research and discuss your weird 3 a.m. content. We promise we won't drink Beatbox on air. Unless Beatbox pays <laughs> yeah. us a lot of money. Stay Doomed is sponsored by Turner Classic Movies, where you can find the finest films of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. And Beatbox! That being said, that would be the most on-brand pair of things for yeah. us to be sponsored by. So, uh, what's your verdict? Uh, this is a Stay Doomed for me. Really? This, this is a cursed image that should be destroyed with fire. This is like a horcrux. Like, I think you need, like, a blessed sword. Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, Rosie will haunt my dreams. Yeah, it's a hard stay doomed for me as well. It's just absolutely terrifying. Yes, it is. So, uh, what are we watching next week? Uh, next week, we are starting, because we're anticipating this being a two-parter, we are starting Kid Nation. Kid Nation, yes. 40 children... Just left in the Old West and told to figure it out. Left to fend for themselves against the elements. Yeah. This was definitely a great idea. Yeah, watch out for the man-eating jackrabbits and them killer, killer cacti. cacti. Thank you so much to crowdfund Crypt Keeper Matthew for helping keep the lights on. If you want to be part of our Patreon, please check it out. Patreon.com slash plus two comedy and uh, you can help us decide what we watch and also join our super fun discord where we share cursed images of Rosie uh, where can people find us you can email us at the stay doomed show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at stay doomed and if you want to talk to me about a sponsorship for uh, stay doomed and you also happen to be beatbox alcoholic beverages I'm at Plus Two Comedy and open to work with you. If you're at Turner Classic Movies and you want to discuss a sponsorship with this very highbrow program brought to you by Beatbox, 
I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>